Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising episode. I'm pleased to welcome Katie McMinn from the HR Independence and she's going to be taking us through one of our HR's roll-in series. And today we're going to be talking about HR's role in grievances. I guess we'd like to not have to deal with these, I'm imagining. Um, Katie, just in case people haven't heard you before, I know you've been on the podcast a few times. Do you want to give yourself a brief introduction and then let's position and grievances as to how we manage those? Yeah, absolutely. Hi there. Thanks very much for having me on today, Lucinda. Um, so yes, just to, to introduce myself. So Katie McMinn, I'm one of the co-founders and directors of, of HR Independence. Um, HR Independence with the UK body for um, independent HR and people professionals in the UK. So our aim really is provide lots of re, uh, resources and support to those working externally, um, running their own consultancies, and really helping them to develop and, and grow their businesses as profitably as possible. So lots of support and um, community around that as well. Thank you. Yeah. And, and this is one of the things that's lovely about working with you guys, we've been working in partnership, is that you have got great resources, some great partners. And um, with that in mind, this topic is one of specialist, many specialist topics that we're covering with you. And we'll direct people to your website if they want to download um, reference material on these as well. So sort of quick guides amongst other resources that you have there as well. And even more for members, of course. So yeah. let's dive straight in, Katie, because I have talked to Ruth about disciplinaries um, and as to how we might manage those. And I have to say, um, I mean, I've been involved even back in my corporate career in disciplinaries. I never had to get involved in a grievance. So could you just mm -hmm. demystify the difference between <laughs> sure. those? So yes, they do. They do often get sort of lumped together, don't they, in, mm. under this under the same umbrella? Um, but they obviously are very different things. Um, as you as you rightly say, it's not. They're not something that most uh, most people in business want to deal with. But it's inevitable at some point in time they they may crop up. So it's about understanding what they are and and how to deal with them. So really, grievances. The, the purpose of grievances um, and having a, a policy. It's about providing employees with a formal route to, to voice any issues that they may be having in the workplace that they either haven't been able to resolve informally themselves or they may have tried and that hasn't worked or potentially that actually the issue might be of such a serious nature that it's not appropriate that that individual should have to try and uh, resolve it informally themselves and so it's it's basically providing um, the opportunity for an individual to, to raise concerns to raise um, issues they've got and for those to be looked into um, by, by the employer on their behalf. Does every business have a grievance policy 
in the same way you should have a disciplinary policy that, yes yeah. they should they should have a, it's one of the real key policies that that you need that you need to have in place yeah so if you As have you a company say, handbook let's say it would have a disciplinary policy and a grievance policy if somebody yes should do that's that right that's right yes absolutely Sometimes I, I will say, you know, and certainly I know other HR consultants who listen to this podcast will no doubt come across some smaller organisations. And that's the thing with, um, you know, many HR consultants, they will be brought in to do some of the firefighting. So they might not have necessarily worked with, with an organisation before but they get brought in if a grievance has been raised and then they find out, OK, there isn't a policy there. If that's the case, don't panic too much. It's about making sure that actually, okay, well, it's down to the uh, the organisation to follow what we call the ACAS code, and that is the sort of the minimum um, level for for any um, any organisation. Uh, so that that basically over that's there, even if you haven't got something yes. that's there to protect. What's it stand for? Is it who protects employees? Is it? The ACAS code, it's it's basically a code of, by which um, employers should should adhere to. It sets out what the proper process is, what the proper steps are, um, what employers are entitled to, to within any, any process. And that would override any company policy if, for example, a company policy didn't didn't provide the, the right level of, um, right. of um, sort of support and things like that. OK, cool. So so whether it's there or not, there is something that we should follow. So so. Um, you get you've got called in or a grievance has how, how, someone's registered a grievance what would they have done to to yeah like so that? typically where, how how it starts is somebody will I, I mean there's different ways that it could come up sometimes a grievance will appear out of nowhere a manager um will suddenly receive a letter on their desk saying i'm raising a grievance nobody wants to get that letter but it sometimes does mm. happen like that out of the blue other times it may be that um uh, an, an employee comes to say a line manager or someone else within the organization to say look this has happened complaining about something or voicing a serious concern and that's the point where you know a manager will look at it and say right well you know if you've tried to resolve it and it hasn't worked then you can raise a grievance and it's important to let people know that they have the opportunity to do that um, and so how a grievance needs to be presented is an employee should put that in writing to um to the appropriate person. It might be their line manager, it's usually their line manager, but obviously sometimes we know that agreements might be against their line manager. So if that's the case, it's it's somebody else, either somebody more senior or somebody at the same level as, as their manager, or obviously HR is, is the other the obvious uh, the other obvious channel as well. So that so, so, person, so, you, so if someone said they've got something and they come and say, I've got a complaint or, or something, it's it's only when it, they formally call it a grievance and then you would, or if they're kind of moaning about something, you say, can you put it in writing is what you need. To, you have to have it put in writing as a grievance. Yes, it needs to be in writing. It might, it might, um, it might be an email as, as yeah. long as it's in, in writing, but it should say, you know, and again, typically what you would say is if, if an employee is saying, I want to raise this as a concern, then the, the advice is right. Well, you know, let, first of all, let's see if we can resolve this informally, because sometimes, you know, if there's just a little bit of um, conflict between two employees, let's try and sort this out. That let's try preferable. and work together. Yes. And that's that is what, you know, we, we want to be able to try and do. But it's recognising that, first of all, some people may not be prepared to go down that route and they want to, to raise it formally or it's it's not appropriate. They don't feel comfortable doing it or they've tried and it's failed. So that's when you would say to them if they haven't. Right. Well, if you would like to to raise a grievance, please, can you pop it in writing and just stating stating what it is, what what the um, what the allegations are, what the grievances actually are. Um, and that will come to whoever that person is. 
and then hopefully HR or um, will be will be um, sort of involved in that. Or if it's an organisation you're you're going in as as um, external HR, then you'll you'll sort of be be contacted to say right, we we. We, we've been handed this what what do we do um so that's when the next step there is to say right well let's have a look at this grievance let's see what what it's all about um and let's start let's start dealing with this um in, in terms of a proper process so the first thing to think about is bearing in mind what that grievance is about is who actually is going to be involved in in this grievance so you're going to have to think about that obviously you've got the employee the line manager would be involved at, at, um, in some way usually to um in terms of hearing a grievance or as i say sometimes they might be involved themselves so they would take a slightly separate role there's there's different roles you might need somebody to well you would need somebody to investigate the the grievance um and also really important to have somebody lined up um for further down the line in case there's any appeal and we'll come on to that but somebody who's not involved so keep somebody separate um and you know i know that certainly with smaller organizations this is where it can be quite challenging if you haven't got um, you know, too many people. How do you how do you sort of work out who does what? Um, and that's where actually it can be really really helpful if you're a small business to involve somebody externally. They they can take on the management of that. It's done in a very um, objective way. There can be no sort of claims of any bias coming into it. That kind of thing. So thinking about you know some of those those key um, key roles. But the first thing to do once once you've had a look at that that grievance is make sure that you understand it so look at what that, that person's been um, put down on on paper and it's really important at this stage as well just to remember that actually the, the person that is is um, sort of filing this grievance they may never have written a letter like this before they may never have had to to do that so sometimes you know and I know certainly um, grievances that I've seen they can be a little bit of a brain dump and it can be quite tricky to work out right what what's actually going on here so having a lot of emotion in it, potentially lots of emotion. Yeah, lots of emotion. So pulling out. Right. OK, wh what's actually going on here? And then you need to invite that person to a, to a grievance hearing. And that's what they're called. Basically, a grievance here is a meeting to, for them to talk through what it is, what their grievance is. So you would invite them to a meeting, to a hearing in writing. And after looking at the grievance they've raised, try and pull that apart to say, right, and to summarise what actually is the grievance. It might be just one grievance. Sometimes you'll find there's there's a few different points um, sort of all thrown in together. So you might need to break that out. So getting that, summarising what the grievance is that they've raised, inviting them to, to a hearing as quickly as possible, really, um, so that they know that it's being taken seriously and, it, and they're going to be heard. And making sure also that they know they can be accompanied to that meeting as well. So that should all go into, into, into the letter. Um, so they would, and again, you know, that's where it can be helpful um, to have somebody external that then leads this process. So they'd be invited to, to a hearing. And this is where basically they would think about, you, you would sit the person down, um, you would you would have also just asked them to confirm, you know, if, if that uh, the way that you've understood the grievance is correct or if anything has been um, misunderstood. And then just letting that person talk, talk it through, asking them to talk it through in their own words um, so that you can really properly understand the nature of it. And a key thing here um, 
is really just to make sure that whoever's hearing that grievance, whether it is a line manager, whether it is um, somebody external uh, or somebody else within the, the organisation, is to really go into it with an open mind, uh, without having made any assumptions as well. Um, there's, you know, whilst also, you know, understanding the background to it. So sometimes you will see that if somebody, for example, is going through a disciplinary process, sometimes a grievance might be raised whilst that's happening. Now, that can sometimes lead a line manager to think, oh, they're just raising a grievance now to try and delay the disciplinary. Yes, that might be the case, but also it might not be the case. It might be a very, um, you know, a very reasonable uh, grievance and a very, um, you know, a, a specific one that needs to be looked into. So don't jump to conclusions. At the same time, you know, be open to the fact that, you know, there might be other, other reasons that are driving this. So it's being objective, it's being open-minded and just listening to, to what's being said. So, so that's, you know, that's just some sort of... Some I mean, you do see that, really. I was just thinking, or I hear that, I'm trying to think with some of the businesses I've worked with, particularly um, very large organisations, unionised mm. organisations, they might almost have a culture of culture of grievances so as soon as somebody and I am stereotyping but this is kind of here you know as soon as somebody is managed they, they're taking that say into a performance management they're underperforming they're being managed you know fairly mm -hmm. in line with the performance management process then they'll raise grievances. it's almost a kind of cascade and that a, a well-trodden yeah. path of cascade or that's the perception um mm -hmm. that goes mm -hmm. with it yeah, yeah. And it's it's being aware of that. But again, you know, as I say, not jumping to those conclusions, conclusions and then thinking about that. Yeah. yeah, if that is going on, you know, if there is, for example, a disciplinary um, process that, that's in play and a grievance is raised, it, it doesn't always necessarily mean that the disciplinary process has to be stopped. Sometimes it may it may be appropriate to do that. But again, it's looking at each each situation um, uniquely to say, right, well, actually, is this relevant? Does this actually um, have any bearing on the disciplinary process? If it does, it might be it might be the right thing to do to pause that whilst you whilst you investigate the grievance. But if it's something separate, again, sometimes they can run uh, concurrently as well. So, yeah, it's just it just it's just good to sort of understand, understand the background there. So, okay. so yeah, so in that in that hearing, as I say, let the person um, explain what's going on in their in their own words. Don't try and put words in their mouth, um, but making sure that you you know once they they've gone through that, that actually you you look back at how you've broken that grievance down. Have have you covered all of those points? And have you got a clear understanding of exactly what the grievance is that they're raising? What the points are? Who's involved? All of that kind of thing. And also making sure that you've got um, somebody there to take minutes of the meeting as well. Um, that's, you know, sometimes you can try and do it yourself whilst you're chairing the meeting, but it's incredibly difficult and it's not allowing you to properly focus, focus on the discussion. So wherever possible, if you can have somebody who's, who's taking some notes, and then that means that um, they can be shared with, with all parties afterwards to make sure that everybody's in agreement as well. You've got that as a written record of, of the meeting and that, that can be really, that's obviously really helpful. Um, Just on that, well. so, um, so one of the things that um, Ruth stressed when we talked about the disciplinaries one is it's not really the HR person who's doing the disciplinary, they, they would be there as a neutral person well the manager should be holding it is that the same yeah. thing with the grievance but this chairing concept or, or so it can it? be a little bit different actually um I mean yes absolutely the line manager may well be doing it or somebody else if the line manager is implicated but actually with with a grievance what can work quite nicely um 
for, for, for organizations if they don't have um, in-house um, HR support is by appointing somebody externally, you're bringing them in from the outside. They're completely objective. They're going to hear this grievance and then go away and investigate it. And their job, and we'll come on to the, the investigation, their job is to look into each of those allegations or the grievances that have been raised, gather evidence to make to make a decision. And they're not they're not biased in any way. They haven't got any of the, the sort of any sort of baggage internally. And it can just also provide a huge um a huge amount of um, sort of reassurance to the person that's raised that grievance that it is being taken seriously and it is being it is being looked into in an objective way by by having somebody externally um, do that. So that's that's it's a it's a really really um, it, it's it's a really um, sort of common piece of work that a lot of external um, HR consultants will be brought in to do. And how does that does that fit with? Because I also have podcasts which. Um, mm-hmm. by the time this goes out we'll have gone out with a guy called Pete yeah. Colby who's a mediator oh yeah mm-hmm. so yeah how would they fit into something like this so that's that's a really it's a really good point so um and we'll come back to it as well in a second but in terms of mediation when you um when an investigation's been so a grievance has been heard an investigation takes place um and then decisions will be made on whether the grievance is either upheld or not um, then whoever has has completed that investigation, again, certainly if it's an external HR consultant, what they would typically do is, is come up with, regardless of you know, what the outcome is, whether the grievances have been upheld or not, what they would could also do is come up with some recommendations of how this can be resolved going forwards. And a really good one is mediation. Um, so, you know, certainly if there's if there's conflict between two, two employees, um, how are you going to resolve that? Actually, mediation can be incredibly effective at bringing those people together, working out what are the issues, how, how can we sort of break those down? Um, you know, how, how can they work through that to then develop a, a good working relationship going forwards? And then, as, as you say, you know, somebody like Pete, um, you know, that's where he, he would come in and he would work with those parties. And he will probably often go in in these situations where, where a grievance has been raised. Um, and that's one of the recommendations that's come out of the process. Cool. Okay, that's useful to link it all together for me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's um, also just in terms of the hearing. Sorry, just one thing I was going to say as well. Just in terms of the hearing as well, it's really, really important to recognise that it takes a lot of courage actually sometimes to, to raise a grievance. Um, and certain, you know, as you mentioned before, there's a lot of emotion involved, and that hearing in itself can be quite, a, you know, a stressful, a stressful. Um, time for for the employee so whoever's hearing that just taking that into consideration and just making sure that you know that the 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 individual is offered the opportunity to break take a break if required and thinking about where are you going to hold that meeting as well that's quite important obviously with um you know restrictions and things um some of them might be happening um you know video conference yeah like that anyway yes um but if you are in the office just thinking about location you know it it sounds really obvious but it's incredible how it still happens um you know you don't want to hold a meeting like this that's you know maybe we'll see you in the meeting room together you know the the, walk past the the person you've got the grievance against when you go to the toilet or something yeah yeah exactly so you know just a little bit of thought there as well yes yeah i'm sure that's happened more than once yeah okay so so then you've got to work out whether it well you've got to work out whether you uphold grievances right don't you so um yeah you have to investigate what what do you do what does that really mean yeah so you've had you've had the hearing you've got a 
a full understanding of what the grievance or grievances are that the individuals have raised. And then it's about going away to actually look into each of those. And the nature of the grievance will, will dictate how that investigation is done. So, you know, for example, if it is that somebody's claiming, I don't know, bullying, for example, or harassment, then the likelihood is you're going to have to interview people. So, you know, part of that hearing will actually be, um, you know, have you got have you got any proof of this? Have you got anybody that I should be talking to? Um, you know, anybody that that's witnessed this that, that I that I can speak to. So, a lot of investigations will usually uh, involve interviewing other colleagues, um, interviewing other team members to understand whether they've seen anything, heard anything, um, as well. Looking at any other material that might that might be relevant, any emails, for example, um, you know, text messages, all those kind of things as well. So they, so whoever is is conducting that investigation, I mean, it, in a way, the way you should approach this really, it's it's you know, as in a when uh, the police are looking into a criminal investigation, yeah, they're looking that, yeah. at yeah, they're looking at right what what is the you know what is the specifics that I'm I'm uh, that I'm investigating here, and what where's the evidence, yeah. and it's exactly the same. So once you've got that understanding, looking at that that grievance, and then. Either, you know, as I say, interviewing or any other um, any other um, sort of potential evidence that's there, reviewing all of that um, as well. Um, another thing to think about as well, just when you are doing the investigation, is um, thinking again. It will it will be dictated by by the the specific um, situation and grievance. But if, for example, somebody's um, lodged a grievance against another another employee, a colleague, or, or a manager, something like that it's always worth thinking, right, is it appropriate to suspend that individual whilst the, the, the allegations are being investigated? Now, very, very important to remember that if you do go down that route, it is not disciplinary action. Um, you are not saying that that person is guilty, but it is, you know, it is about making sure that, that you know, all individuals are, are safe, feel supported. And if you do decide to suspend um, somebody, making sure it's for as short a duration as, as necessary, with, as I say, with no assumptions of guilt, until that investigation has, has been completed. What would um, make so you suspend? What, would, what sort of grievance would make you suspend somebody? So, um, so a grievance, you know, for example, if somebody has been, um, I mean, I one that I dealt with, um, a little while ago where we did suspend the individual is somebody had um, raised a grievance against an individual around bullying but also as part of that there was physical intimidation as well um, and so it was felt that actually because of the, the serious nature this person was feeling threatened was feeling unsafe with this person in the office that per, that, that that other individual was was uh, suspended on full pay whilst whilst it was investigated explained to them very clearly that you know this isn't an assumption of guilt but for all parties concerned it's it's better to 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 suspend you whilst we investigate it so that we can look into everything so that was that was one example um so it's 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 thing it's things like that if for example um oh, I'm trying to think of another one um you know if there's harassment it's it's where it's about protecting people, basically. Mm. Um, if there's, for example, that, and I'm sure, I don't know whether Ruth mentioned one like this, you know, because this can happen with disciplinaries as well. You know, for example, if somebody is, um, you know, is uh, being investigated for potential fraud or something like that, they may be suspended whilst, whilst that's investigated as well. <laughs> so there's scenarios. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, yeah. so that, yeah, 
And so it's obviously hospitals. And I mean, sorry, I'll take your, but just a curiosity question. Um, it, of your in your experience, what proportion of grievances are upheld? What's you know in in your is it fifty fifty? Does it oh, they're not? Or, I, don't or whether whether I, could, I don't know whether I could. I don't know whether I could give a percentage. Actually, I mean, what I will say is. In all honesty, it it can be difficult. It can be difficult because often it's one word against another's. Yeah. Um, and so when you investigate a grievance, you've got to find the evidence to either substantiate it or not. And for a grievance to be upheld, there does need to be that clear evidence. It can't literally be what you know the word of one employee over another. And it can't be just based on sort of the personal opinion of, of the, the person investigating either thinking, oh, well, gosh, you know, I think I believe them more than more than that. So, you know, it's it's and that's why it's really important to, you know, to make sure that whoever is investigating it is being totally objective so that so that it is it is very fair. Um, but, you know, as I say, the, the issue is you can't uphold a grievance unless there is there is clear evidence to support it. And that might be witness statements. It might be, um, you know, uh, emails that, um, that are evidence of sort of bullying or harassment, that kind of thing. Um, so it's being really, really clear that you've got that evidence to back up the back up the decision. And then once you've, you've completed that investigation, what would then come out of that is you'd need to compile a, an investigation report. And that's that needs to be a you know a good detailed document again very objectively written that clearly outlines each grievance in turn if there's more than one, confirming exactly how it was investigated, what means were taken, who was interviewed, and any evidence that's there to support each of those grievances. And you can either then either uphold it fully. Sometimes they can be partially upheld or or not upheld. And also it's important to recognise as well that sometimes, as I say, you know. A lot of a lot of info will be um, provided when when somebody does does um, does uh, file file agreements. And in some in some situations, you'll find that okay, well, if it's broken down into points points, you know, agreements one and two, yes, they are upheld, but actually three and four, there isn't enough evidence to to support those. So it's just being clear; it's not an all or nothing, as as well. Okay. And then so, just flipping, sorry, just flipping again. Sorry, I know I'm taking it slightly. slightly right. So if, if, <laughs> if you've got someone and I've raised a grievance against my line manager, for argument's sake, uh, for bullying and harassment, and you've investigated it, and actually you have decided you're going to uphold my grievance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happens to that person? Do they then go into the disciplinary process? What do you do to that yes. person? Yes. So if, if an investigation um, concludes that there is clear evidence that, that that manager has been bullying or has been harassing, then the outcome of that investigation is then that that, that line manager would uh, be subject to the disciplinary process. Uh, so they would then, that's when you would then flip over to that disciplinary um policy and process they'd be uh, they'd be invited to a disciplinary hearing they'd obviously have um the opportunity to state their case as well um as well but that's that's when um yeah the disciplinary process would come would come into it so you, so the grievance really needs to be about something that fits into a dis i'm trying to think whether you'd ever have a grievance against somebody that wouldn't fit into um disciplinary <laughs> process yeah, a grievance against somebody for sometimes well sometimes it could be a grievance sometimes it could be a grievance against a company policy or the company hasn't been um adhering to a company policy for example okay. so it's not always so, a person you know, 
So it's not always a person. No, it can it can be about different things. So for, you know, for example, uh, it, it could be that I'm trying to think. You know, uh, an internal recruitment uh, process, for example, somebody could raise a grievance or a promotion that they don't feel that a fair process has been followed, that, um, you know, they weren't given the right opportunity. So that wouldn't necessarily, I mean, yeah. sometimes it could be against a, a specific individual, but it could be about the overall process policy. So if that was upheld, then potential outcomes for that could be a review of the recruitment policy, a review of the promotion uh, process within that organisation, um, which might end up in a redraft, um, you know, a, a new process being being designed and, and, and um, implemented. So that's an example. It's not yeah, always yeah. against a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, fine. So sorry, I keep taking you off track. So where no, are we up to? It's just interesting kind of thinking about the it's, it's just the nuances of, of how this works. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. If I so, so then what happens next then? Is that it? So once you've completed the investigation, you've pulled that investigation report together, then that you then move to what we call sort of the outcome um, step in the process. So the employee would who's raised a grievance should have a, a copy of that report so that they can they can um, see how it's all been investigated. Um, as well as written confirmation of the outcome of the investigation. So as I mentioned, you know, it may be that the grievance is upheld or one one of the grievances they raised was upheld or partially upheld. And as I mentioned earlier, this is where the report may also make recommendations for consideration in terms of how things could be resolved, um, you know, whether there are any steps the organisation could consider to try and present, uh, prevent any sort of similar issues in the future. You know, thinking there, if, if there was something around um, potentially, you know, the equality side of things or discrimination, what, what you know, what could the, the organisation do? Yes, it might be that there's disciplinary action if it's upheld against a specific individual but what does the organization needs to do on a wider scale you know is it that they need to review some of their processes is it that they need to they need um you know more focus on on um equality and um the, the sort of the edi side of things more training for managers that kind of thing so there's those sort of recommendations as well that can come out of it um so again yeah so the outcome an outcome would go out to the individual in writing confirming what um what the decision is um, and sharing that report. Um, And also it's really clear in that one to ensure that um, they know the employee can appeal the decision if they don't agree and if they don't, um, and if they feel that it hasn't hasn't been dealt with properly. Um, Again, it will depend on um, on your policy here. Um, typically, you would invite somebody to the out, the outcome hearing, um, you know, to, to go through that and explain um, and, and go through the report and deal with any questions that they've got as well. Um, if they do decide to appeal, this goes back to, you know, what I mentioned right at the start is thinking early on in the process. Right. This might go to appeal. Are we do we have somebody that's going to be able to hear that? And if yeah. so, let's try and keep them out of discussions um, so that when they do come on board, you know, to, to participate at the, the appeal stage, they again can be as objective as possible. Um, they haven't they haven't been involved throughout. So sometimes um, that's about trying to keep the senior. It's, I know it's hard in smaller businesses, it's about trying to keep them senior yeah. person. I remember they used to sort of say, yes. "Don't take your boss to the initial stage. Bring someone sort of on the same level, or, or you know, more neutral." Yeah, you want to so try. Yeah, you want to try and well. keep, Yeah, you want to try and keep someone separate. Um, and again, as you say, you know, recognizing sometimes it's not always possible to have 
to have that um, in in small in small businesses. You know, I've I've worked with businesses where they haven't had somebody, so they've they've um, they've asked a, uh, somebody from the board who isn't involved in the day to day. You know, a non a non exec yeah. sometimes who might be able to um, to facilitate to to take that role. Again, if you are using um, sort of external HR support then that's when you can you can um, reach out to their network to you know to their team to say right I need somebody who can hear an appeal or if you haven't used external HR support up until this point that's another time where it can be really helpful you you bring somebody in um, again completely neutral to hear the appeal as well so um yeah, so so just making sure that they, they know that they can appeal. If they do decide to, you've got somebody lined up, uh, they would be invited to an appeal hearing um, that would be chaired, chaired by this person. And um, making sure if anybody does appeal that they need to clearly outline in writing on what grounds they're appealing as well. What is it? What is it that's, that um, that they're appealing against? Was it was it the process? Was it uh, the investigation, how it was conducted, things like that? Um, and then, yeah. The appeal would be heard, and then person hearing that appeal would then make a make a decision as to whether the the, the appeal was upheld or not. And there typically would be no further right of appeal. Again, you'd need to check your individual policy uh, there, but t- typically after that appeal process, there's there's no right of further appeal, um, and making sure that that's always provided in writing to them. So it's just really important. It's just really important to follow the process. So yeah. because what you want to do is, you know, protecting your business, you want to make sure that this is sort of watertight, um, that you have followed it to the letter, that you can show that you've followed a fair process, that you've done all of the things that you need that you need to do. And, you know, where things have been uncovered, um, where there are issues, making sure that actually you you take action because it's again, it's remembering that. Sometimes employees have to be very brave to raise a grievance. Yeah. And and, you know, actually, if they are raising things and they're, they're, they're found to be upheld, then, you know, it, it's in the best interests of the business to, to address these and deal with them. Um, so, you know, just just taking that into into account as well. You'd like to be in the sort of organisation that people could raise things without them being grievances and they get fixed. Right. But. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's, you know, this isn't, you know, having a grievance policy isn't there to prevent people trying to deal with things informally. Um, that should always be encouraged. And as you say, you, you know, you want people to feel that they ca- they can do that on, on a day to day basis, because, you know, what, we're all human, we will all disagree at some point. Yeah. Um, it's about doing that in a respectful way, isn't it? But it's just allowing and making sure that employees do have that route to go down if things can't be uh, resolved in that way, or if they don't feel comfortable doing it, or it's if it's, as I say, of a serious nature, that it's not appropriate to, to try and do it in that way. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much, Katie. So, again, yeah, one of those I don't think you necessarily want to, but you need. You've got to follow the process. It's 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 you've got yeah. to. It's not quite common sense. Well, it is common sense, but it's it's very much about being delicate. If you sort of, it's very much about your empathy and your objectivity and just being very self aware as to. Not That's right. Yes. Yeah. It, it's that. And it's also it's all of those things. And it's also just about being very methodical as well. And just yeah. always having that that policy yeah. sort of there um, to make sure that you are kind of going through that. That's detail. Kind of, Keep me along. Yeah. Away yeah. Keep yeah. me away from it. <laughs> Because you don't want to miss something, even no. though you've got the best of intentions, but you skip over something without without meaning to. Yeah, because actually, if you did do that and, and, and they went further, you could end up in a tribunal because you didn't follow the process, I'm assuming. That's right. You really That's have right. To, yeah. So the consequences yes. are high if you don't do it. Yes, exactly. Okay, fine. 
Uh, so methodical, get someone with you. If you're not methodical, get someone who is, who writes the notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Thanks ever so All much, right. Katie. Again, another Absolute great Charles Rowling. Um, explain to me why I was an L&D person rather than an HR person, <laughs> frankly. I would be rubbish. Um, so it's been brilliant having an expert on to keep to, um, to explain it to me. Thank Thanks so you much for your much. time once again, Katie. <laughs> Thanks. As ever, guys, if you want to link in with Katie McMinn, um, yeah, we'll put all the links on the show notes, hruprising.com. I'm sure you know where that is by now. And also we'll link to the HRI website where there's those crib sheets that you can download for free. Super. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.